I'm Dr. Joe Esposito, and welcome to our podcast for the health of it. Remember to subscribe to our podcasts, and I'll help you naturally get well and stay well. The information presented on this program is not intended to take the place of your personal physician's advice, and it is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Discuss this information with your own physician or healthcare provider to determine what is right for you. Are you suffering needlessly? Dr. Joe can give you advice on how to naturally get well and stay well. Dr. Joe Esposito. Hey folks, Dr. Joe Esposito here. Patients come to me every single day. You, the listener, send me emails. Uh, uh, you send me messages through the website, drjoe.com. And you say, Dr. Joe, what can I take for blank? Can you, you give me a disease, arthritis, uh, osteoporosis, heart disease, immunity. And everybody wants a magic pill. Now, unfortunately, there is no magic pill necessarily. But there are some things that have to be included in your protocol for these conditions. We're going to go through a bunch of uh, protocols today as to what conditions this helps. And we're talking about vitamin D. Now, that doesn't sound too sexy and exciting, but I promise you, you're going to be amazed at what we're going to talk about with vitamin D. So it's, it's important because most of us are deficient in it. Most of us don't know we're deficient in it, and you may not know what's happening and I'm going to go through some symptoms you have. You may not realize it's a vitamin D deficiency. Now, the other things you have to add are Dr. Joe's Super Greens and Dr. Joe's Essential Source. Uh, they're two powders. They're on the website, drjoe.com. And that's the minimum amount of nutrients you need every single day. And then I do want you to consider adding vitamin D as well. Now, there's two ways to get vitamin D, from the sun or from a supplement. We're going to talk about that in a, in a second. Now, we do a segment on the show. It's called Head to Toe with Dr. Joe. And in this segment, we talk about things that you need to know about. And so today, we're going to talk about your sinuses. So we started with the hair, we went to the eyes, went to the brain. We're going to talk about sinuses today. How many people have sinus problems? Raise your hand. A lot of you do. I know you do because you come to my office and tell me. I had sinus problems forever when I was a kid. And I remember being a kid, my nose would always run. I'd, everywhere I went, I have tissue shoved in my sleeves, my pants, my socks, my desk in school. I remember opening up the desk, there was tissues in there. My sinuses were always running. Now, as a researcher and a doctor, I realize why that was happening. It can be several things. Number one, it could be food. Now, when it comes to food, the number one food allergen, the number one food that's going to give you sinus problems is dairy products. So we, uh, uh, butter, cheese, yogurt, ice cream, uh, you really want to cut those out of your diet. There's no benefit to eating dairy products. Uh, it's not a good source of calcium. Studies have shown the more dairy products you consume, the higher the risk of osteoporosis. So not good there. Uh, the fats in there are saturated fats, not a good idea. The milk we eat, especially in the United States, is pasteurized, which means it changes its molecular structure. It kills off any good things that might be in there. And the proteins found in milk are not designed for human consumption. They're designed for cow consumption. We don't have the enzymes to break down the casein, which is a protein, and the lactose, which is a sugar. Some people have more uh, grander reactions than others, but you don't need milk is the bottom line. And many times it causes sinus problems. The number two food allergen is wheat. Now, when I say wheat, uh, 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 bread, cookies, cakes, donuts, pastas, barley and rye also have this component called gluten, which is found in wheat, which causes the irritation as well. So wheat, barley, and rye, you want to cut out. Here's my challenge to you. Everybody listening, everybody watching, I want you to do this. Cut out the wheat and the dairy products, all of you. It doesn't matter what your condition is. Cut out the wheat and the dairy products for two weeks. Not a sip, not a bite, nothing. No wheat, no dairy for two weeks. Then in two weeks from today, I want you to have a couple of slices of pizza or some cookies or cakes or donuts or pastas, whatever you want that has wheat in it or, and, and dairy together would even be better. Notice how you feel. Chances are you're going to feel awful. You have runny nose, you'll feel fatigued, get bloaty, gassy, and you'll say, you know what, Dr. Joe, you were right. I know I like these things, but I shouldn't keep doing them. 
The reason people, uh, when they talk about dairy, they say, Dr. Joe, I can give up my milk, no problem. Ice cream, no problem. I can't give up my cheese. How many people say that? Most of you. Of course you do. There's a reason for that. Milk has something in it called casomorphines. Casomorphines act like morphine in the brain. Now, we speculate, a scientist, that nature puts it there in all breast milk, in all mammal milk, uh, to calm the baby down. So it's a chemical that calms the baby down. Makes sense. The problem that comes in is that when we take cheese, we take the water out of the milk, and we concentrate the casomorphines. So you're actually getting high every time you're eating cheese. And that's why it's so hard to give it up. You have a mild addiction to your cheese. So it might be tough. This is why you're stuck with it. Give it up for two weeks. See what happens. If I'm wrong, I'm wrong. If I'm right, I'm right. So what? You gave up milk, uh, wheat and dairy for two, two weeks. That can help the sinuses. Another thing we have to look at with the sinus problems is acid reflux. How many people have acid reflux? Raise your hands. I don't think I can do a show. I can do a lecture. I can do a presentation without talking about acid reflux. So many people have it. Nobody knows what to do about it. We've done many shows on taking the medication. If you take the medication, what happens is uh, it actually makes the problem worse over long term. Uh, it's never, medications have never been used uh, specifically for long-term use. They're designed for short-term use. If you read the directions, two weeks, three weeks maximum. And how, how long have you been taking it for? Years. So I've done many shows on that. I don't need to do a show on that today. So if you have acid reflux, the, the acid can come up through your esophagus into your throat, causing chronic cough, and it can also go into your sinuses. And so many people that have acid reflux have sinus problems, and they don't know what to do about it. And so what do we do? We have to get that fixed. We pull the stomach. We adjust it in our offices. My doctors, I train them to pull the stomach down away from the diaphragm to stop the acid from coming up into the throat so that we don't have those problems. So that's another thing you can look at. And another thing we want to look at with sinus problems is pinched nerves. If you have pinched nerves in the upper part of the neck, that's the nerves to the brain, eyes, ears, and sinuses. So if you have neck pain or headaches or tightness at the base of the skull, that can cause headaches, blurred vision, dizziness, loss of memory, fatigue, ringing the ear, sinus congestion. So when patients come in with sinus problems, I look at their diet, I look at their digestive system, and then I check the neck as well. We might want to consider getting you on some digestive enzymes also, because digestive enzymes can help break down your food and make it easier to absorb. Because with sinus issues or allergic reactions, the, food is the proteins are supposed to be broken down in your stomach. If they're not broken down in the stomach, they pass into the small intestine partially digested. There, they can get absorbed as these big chunks of protein, and that can cause problems. So what, what do we do then? We get the body to break down the proteins more efficiently. This way you don't get absorbed. These big, these big chunks of protein don't get absorbed. The immune system doesn't have to attack them, and then you're in good shape. Make sense? Pretty neat stuff. So again, head to toe with Dr. Joe. We talked about sinuses today. We've got a lot more information on the website, drjoe.com. You can type in sinuses or allergies, and I'm sure we've done shows on that. You can listen and, and uh, read articles and, and listen to other shows as well. So back to our topic today. What are we talking about? Remember, vitamin D. Vitamin D breakthrough uh, updates you need to know about vitamin D. This is important. Vitamin D, it's also called uh, cal calciferol, is a fat-soluble vitamin. Now, it's not really a vitamin. Doesn't it get confusing? It's not really a vitamin. It's a hormone. But we're going to call it vitamin D because it's a vitamin. That's, that's the, the, the nomenclature that we use. It's fat-soluble, which means when it gets into the body, it has to have fat to be absorbed. So if you're on a no-fat diet, chances are you're not absorbing your vitamin D if you take it in from food or from supplements. So it can be found in food. It can also be made in your body after exposure to what's called ultraviolet rays, UVB rays from the sun. Vitamin D exists in several forms. There's no one form. Each form has a different activity. Some forms are relatively inactive in the body. They kind of go in there and are like, what are we doing here? Well, they're probably going to be converted into an active form. 
we have limited ability to function as a vitamin the liver and, and, and these inactive forms. The liver and the kidneys help convert the vitamin D into its active hormone form. So if you have liver problems or kidney problems, you might have a vitamin D problem. Major biological function of vitamin D is to maintain normal levels of calcium and phosphorus. So if we have an imbalance of calcium or phosphorus, another sign of vitamin D issues. Vitamin D aids in the absorption of calcium. It helps to form and maintain strong bones. Every day, patients come to me. Again, I'm a chiropractor. I'm board certified in chiropractic, orthopedics, pain management, double board certified in nutrition, BS in nutrition, retired dietitian. And patients come to me and say, Dr. Joe, I was diagnosed with osteoporosis, osteopenia, and the doctor said I should be taking calcium. And my answer is a resounding, probably not. Because here's the thing with calcium. If we're going to make a cake, let me back up a little bit, give you an analogy. We're going to make a cake, and it has mostly sugar and flour and cocoa, whatever's in there. And then we had a little bit of baking soda, right? Baking soda, baking powder. And that's necessary. That little bit makes the cake work. Without that, the cake doesn't work. And so this is, how, this is what I look at when it builds bones. Most of it is calcium, but you need magnesium, vitamin D, phosphorus, uh, biotin. You need all these other things to make all these uh, come together to create the bone and the cartilage. And so if you don't have all the ingredients, it's not going to work. So you can take calcium till the cows come home. I'm not sure what that phrase means. But you can take calcium forever, but if you don't have the other ingredients, you're not going to build the bone. And vitamin D is really important. It promotes bone mineralization, meaning the minerals build up in the bones, and uh, it works in concert with another uh, number of other vitamins, uh, minerals, hormones. Without vitamin D, the, the bones can become thin, brittle, soft, and misshapen. I mean, you might have heard of rickets. So that's really not something that exists anymore. But vitamin D prevents rickets in children and osteomalacia, which is softening of the bone in adults. Uh, these are skeletal diseases that result in defects that weaken the bones. Vitamin D is really important. Now, exposure to sunlight is an important source of vitamin D. The UVB rays from the sun trigger vitamin D synthesis in the skin. So it depends on the season, the latitude, the time of day, the cloud cover, the smog, the sunscreens you use. All of this affects the UV uh, exposure. Now, for example, if you live in Boston, up north, the average amount of sunlight is insufficient to produce sufficient vitamin D synthesis in the skin from November through January. So you just don't have enough. Even if you're out in the sun all day, you're not going to get it. Sunscreens with a protector of eight or more, SPF eight or greater, will block UVB rays that produce vitamin D. Vitamin D supplements are often recommended for exclusively breastfed infants because human milk may not contain adequate vitamin D. This is why it's so important, ladies. If you're gonna get pregnant, if you can get pregnant, if you're going to breastfeed, you have to, have to, have to make sure you're getting enough vitamin D in your diet because it's gonna come through to the baby, okay? And we're going to talk about how to do that. You just get a simple blood test. It's real simple. Estimated that over 25 million adults in the United States have or are at risk of developing osteoporosis. Now, osteoporosis is a disease characterized by fragile bones. It results in increased risk of bone fractures. It's when the bones get thin. Now, rickets and osteomalacia were recognized as being caused by vitamin D, oh, gosh, 7,500 years ago. Now, their prevention uh, and cure was with uh, fish oil fish liver oil. I remember being a child, my grandmother gave me cod liver oil. Wasn't quite sure why. Now we know it was vitamin D. And that constituted one of the earliest triumphs in nutritional science. We found out there was something you can do to fix things. Now the requirement for vitamin D has been uh, pegged to these disorders ever since then. Have normal storage, having normal storage of vitamin D in your body helps maintain bones and build strong bones and can help prevent osteoporosis. So researchers know 
that normal bone is constantly being remodeled. We have osteoblasts and osteoclasts. Osteoblasts build up the bone, osteoclasts break down the bones. And so you have to make sure you have this balance because bones, like anything else, cells and bones have a life cycle. And as the cells get older, they need to be broken down and disposed of so we can build new ones. And one of the problems is if we take the medication for osteoporosis, it just builds up the bone, but it doesn't break down the bad ones. So you have this, this cheap material, so to speak, in the bones. The osteoclasts are not breaking down the bone, the bone cells, and so the, osteo, the, the, the dead or weak bone cells build up, and the osteoblasts build up the coating around the bones. And so the bones on the outside, when you take osteoporosis medication, look great. We can take an x-ray, oh, it looks great, that's wonderful. But the inside really isn't much stronger. And if you read the statistics on that, most people, the, the, fr risk, uh, the, fracture, uh, the risk fracture is about the same when you take the meds. And you know, it's a little better with the meds, but not much. What we do know is that if you take all the right nutri nutrients in the body, the body's going to do a lot better. So that's what we're going to shoot for is try to get the body better then build up your own bones with osteoblast and osteoclast to break down and build up the bones instead of just putting a coating on the outside of the bones, okay? So during menopause, the balance between the systems is upset. It results in more bones being broken down than rebuilt. Now, the fact that it takes 30 or more years to manifest itself makes it no less a deficiency condition than a disorder that takes 30 days. That's the problem is you don't know this is gonna happen until it happens. It's easy to understand how long-term deficiency diseases could never have been recognized in the early days of nutritional science because it didn't happen. It just happens one day, and you're like, well, where'd that come from? I don't know. Where'd that come? I, I don't know where it came from. I got osteoporosis you never thought about 20 or 30 years ago. But with modern methods and a better grasp of, uh, of how to prevent uh, issues, uh, and you fail to recognize a slowly developing condition as a true deficiency state, it, it can no longer be justified. We know that these things are happening now. We know that this happens. If you have a vitamin D deficiency, this will happen. If you smoke, this will happen. If you don't take the right supplements, this will happen. I saw a study the other day. Somebody called, sent me an email. Of course, everyone thinks they know more than me. And they said, Dr. Joe, I saw a study that said supplements are, are useless. You don't need supplements. And I said, let me look at the study. So I looked at the study, and what they did is they used synthetic supplements in the study. There's a big difference between synthetic supplements like synthetic vitamin D, vitamin D2, or natural supplements like vitamin D3. Vitamin D2 has to be converted into vitamin D3. So if you're taking vitamin D2, chances are you're not gonna get the same benefits as you would from taking vitamin D3. Big, big difference. And vitamin D2 is usually a prescription, and they recommend like 50,000 international units once a week. Couple of things with that that I have a problem with. Number one, you can only absorb so much of anything. So if you're giving yourself that much vitamin D, can you absorb all that? Probably not. Number two, you have to, to convert the vitamin D2 into vitamin D3. That concerns me because if you don't have a healthy liver and kidneys, you can't do the conversion and chances are you're not going to get what you need. That's why I recommend taking vitamin D3, not vitamin D2. On my website, drjoe.com, we have a supplement. It's called Dr. Joe's Vitamin D3. And I would recommend if you, if you get your blood tested and you're low, 5,000 IUs, international units a day. That's five drops. And then do it for about six months, go get it tested again. If you're okay, then you can cut back a little bit. If you're out in the sun, we're going to talk about this a little later. If you're out in the sun for 20 minutes a day in the spring and summertime and early fall, chances are you're not going to need more vitamin D. But here's the thing with vitamin D production. You ever been out in the sun and then you get a little greasy feeling on your skin? What do you want to do? You want to wash that off, right? If you wash it off, you washed off all the vitamin D production. 
But the UVB interacts with cholesterol and it goes through a whole process and goes to, it, it creates different forms of vitamin D. It goes into the kidneys and the liver, converts into vitamin D3, and then gets into the body. If you wash it off before it can get absorbed, because that's a cholesterol and the fat in your skin interacting with the sun, you're not going to absorb it all either. So that's kind of another test there. That's why it's really important to get that tested. So there are many parts of the body that vitamin D deficiency can affect. I'm going to discuss some of the illnesses that might be linked to vitamin D deficiency that you probably never even thought about. So today, it's well established that besides playing a critical role in, in the establishment and maintenance of calcium in the body, the active form of vitamin D is also an effective regulator of cell growth and differentiation to make the cells healthy in a number of different cells, including breast cells. We'll talk about breast cancer in a little bit. In laboratory animals, an epidemiological evidence suggests that vitamin D may be protective against certain cancers. Clinical studies now show vitamin D deficiency can be associated with the four most common cancers. So folks, this is another reason why this is so important. We've got so much to cover today, but you have to understand the importance of vitamin D. It can be related to cancer of the breast, the prostate, the colon, and the skin. Vitamin D deficiency has been associated with insulin deficiency and insulin resistance. We talked about that many times when we talk about diabetes. Now, in fact, last year, it was shown that vitamin D deficiency was likely to be a major factor in the development of type 1 diabetes in children. Wow, that's crazy. Talk about a cheap way to help prevent the disease, vitamin D. And now we're looking at seeing it be affected children. So it's so important, especially for diabetics, for everyone, but you don't want your kid to get diabetes. And if they did have it, was it something that you could have prevented? Maybe. Vitamin D is going to be the cheapest insurance policy you'll ever buy. I promise you that. Insulin resistance is also one of the major factors now leading into cancers. We mentioned that earlier. But also the number one killer in the U.S. is what? Heart disease. Northern countries have higher levels of heart disease and more heart attacks occur in winter months. Is there a correlation? I think so. Now, progressive, progression of degenerative arthritis of the hip, of the knee, is faster in people with lower vitamin D concentrations. Now, I'm a chiropractor. My team of doctors, we work very hard to make sure that you're healthy. And so one of the things we do is, we, of course, we check the spine, all the joints, 206 bones in the body, and a good chiropractor is going to be able to check them all and be able to put them back in place if they're out of alignment. Very important. Now, why do you get osteoarthritis? Osteoarthritis is mechanical. Disc degeneration, hip degeneration, knee degeneration. The bones are out of alignment rubbing up against each other. That's mechanical. So vitamin D can help to, to prevent that, but you also have to have the bones lined up properly. Now, infertility. Infertility is associated with vitamin D. And PMS many times has been reversed by the addition of calcium, magnesium, and vitamin D because it's a hormone. Remember, we're messing with hormones when it comes to PMS. Activated vitamin D in the adrenal glands regulates tyrosine and uh, the, 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 the rate-limiting enzyme necessary for the production of dopamine. Because remember, tyrosine becomes dopamine. If you heard my shows, I talk about on nutrition. So you have to be able to have the enzyme that takes the tyrosine and create the dopamine. Uh, epinephrine, which gives you energy, norepinephrine. All of these are related to vitamin D deficiency because you need that enzyme to convert the proteins into the neurotransmitters. So low vitamin D may contribute to chronic fatigue and depression. SAD, seasonal affective disease disorder, you may have heard that, has been treated with successfully with vitamin D. So when people are inside all the time, especially in the winter, Many times, we got to get them on their vitamin D because they're just not getting enough, and that can help the mood swings. Multiple sclerosis, 
Sojourn syndrome, that's a, that's a syndrome where you have uh, issues with the, with the nervous system uh, and autoimmunity. Uh, rheumatoid arthritis, thyroiditis, Crohn's disease, all have been linked to low vi levels of vitamin D. That's why it's so important to get the vitamin D levels up. So you're thinking to yourself, but Dr. Joe, I have some of those conditions and my doctor never checked my vitamin D. Well, maybe you should. Vitamin D deficiency has been linked to obesity. Vitamin D has recently been shown to lower uh, leptin secretion. Leptin is a hormone produced by the fat cells and the stomach, and it's involved in weight regulation. So what happens is uh, it, it's thought that the hormone signals the brain when the fat cells are full, uh, by, but exactly how the hormone controls weight is it's not quite clear. But what happens, leptin is released from the fat cells in the stomach, and it goes up into the brain, into the hypothalamus, and it tells the hypothalamus, I'm full, stop eating. And so what do you do? You stop eating. But if you're not producing enough leptin, you may not get the message to the, to the hypothalamus, and now you're saying, well, I'm still hungry. Now, I don't know if you, I used to be overweight. I used to be fat, so I can say the F word. When I was fat, I remember I would eat and eat and eat and eat, and I know I had enough food. Visually, I had way more food than my stomach could handle, but I want to keep eating. And so one of the things that can happen when that occurs is you may be vitamin D deficient because you're not producing the hormone leptin, which goes into the hypothalamus to tell you that you're full. The other thing that happens when you eat too much is your stomach can push up against your diaphragm. When the stomach pushes up against the diaphragm, that can cause problems as well. Because if the stomach is up against the diaphragm, you may not be producing the leptin, and that becomes a problem too. So again, acid reflux, heartburn, burping, gas, bloating. From a chiropractic standpoint, we want to pull the stomach away from the diaphragm. We want to check the nerves from the spine that control the stomach or any organ in the body. And then we get you on a good diet. We make sure you're eating the right foods, things like Dr. Joe's Super Greens, Dr. Joe's Essential Source. Those are two powders. That's the minimum amount of nutrients you need every single day. If you're not getting super greens and essential source in your diet, unless you're eating an amazingly good diet, you're probably going to be nutrition deficient. And then with vitamin D, we have another supplement for that as well. So additionally, about obesity, by itself, probably further worsens vitamin D deficiency due to the decreased bioavailability of vitamin D3 from the skin and dietary sources because vitamin D is a fat-soluble vitamin and it gets stored in the fat cells. So again, when I was in school, we were taught that if you were fat, it was this blob. It didn't mean anything. It just was overweight. It was, you were just overweight and it was a bad thing. Now we're finding out that fat produces estrogen. It becomes a living, breathing organ. We're also finding out now that even if you're taking vitamin D, you may need more vitamin D if you're overweight because the vitamin D gets clogged up. It gets locked up in the fat cells. So vitamin D deficiency has been clearly linked to things like synd syndrome X. Now, that's a phrase you may not have heard, but it refers specifically to a group of health problems that can include insulin resistance, abnormal blood fats, elevated cholesterol, triglycerides, uh, overweight, high blood pressure. That's a, a group of issues that go on there. Steroids like prednisone are often prescribed to reduce inflammation for a variety of medical problems. And these medicines might be essential for a person's medical treatment, but they have the potential side effects, including decreased calcium absorption and there's some evidence that steroids may also impair vitamin D metabolism, further contributing to bone loss and the development of osteoporosis, which is associated with steroid medications. Now, for these reasons, individuals on chronic steroid therapy really should consult their physician or someone like me who knows what they're talking about, about the need to increase vitamin D intake through their diet or through supplements, and you can check your blood work on that. So it's really important that you look at uh, what your condition is. Are you overweight? Are you not absorbing things properly? Are you eating a low-fat diet? Are you not getting vitamin D? And see what you can do. My goal in my offices, we have offices in the Atlanta area, Marietta, Duluth, and Stockbridge. Our goal is to get the nervous system working, get your digestive system working, and to get you on a good diet. 
That's a healthcare plan. Most of you have health insurance, but you don't have a healthcare plan. And what I'm proposing today is we put together a healthcare plan. If you have neck pain, back pain, shoulder pain, numbness, tingling, uh, muscle weakness, that's probably pinched nerves. It could be a lot more than that. But the basic place to start is a pinched nerve. Almost every day, patients come call the office and say, well, I have this, this, and this. Should I, who should I go to? Should I go to an orthopedist, a neurologist, Dr. Joe? Who should we go to? And I always say, let's start out conservative. Let's start out with chiropractic. Let's start out with nutrition. Maybe we need to adjust your stomach for the acid reflux. Let's see if that helps. In most cases, it does. If it doesn't, we can always go to the next step. My philosophy in healthcare, unless it's life-threatening, chiropractic first, drug second, surgery last. And most of the doctors I work with, the orthopedists, the neurologists, the, the family practitioners, even the dentists, like that philosophy. Because they don't make any money if they sell you drugs. You go to a drugstore and buy the drugs, so they're not make, getting a commission on the drugs. If there's a way to get you well without the medication, most doctors, smart doctors, good doctors, are perfectly fine with that. And many times they don't know what to do. So they'll send them to our offices and say, hey, Dr. Joe, you and your staff, take a look at this patient. We don't know what else to do. And then we try to fix them up. In most cases, we do. So if you want to make an appointment to come see us, go to my website, drjoe.com, and you can make an appointment. Do it right now. Don't, because if you're like me, you forget things. Write it down. Do it right now. Uh, we are, again, offices in Marietta, Duluth, and Stockbridge. You can call the office if you have any questions. We work with most major medical insurances. We try to match your benefits, even if there's in-network, out-of-network. We try to do everything we can to get you well and keep you well. If you've ever been in a car accident, if the car was damaged, you were damaged, come see us. I'm Dr. Joe Esposito at the website, drjoe.com. We'll catch you next time. Thanks for listening to For the Health Fit. Remember to subscribe to this podcast, and I'll help you naturally get well and stay well. You can also listen to and call into my radio show live Sunday evenings from 7 to 9 Eastern Time on WSBRadio.com and on a WSB Radio app.